Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Right now. Yeah, Rod's not here, so I'm hosting the show. How about that? Like that? You like that, Jared? That's pretty good, hey? Looks good, yeah. Yeah, we're back, we're back, we're back. Rod is now hitting the road to Moose Jaw, so he'll be gone to uh, speak. And uh, it's me, Jared Dumba. Wes Lazarus will be on later, but we'll be with you for the next hour here on the RP Show. And we say hello, good afternoon if you're out on the East Coast. Good morning if you're on the West. Uh, lots of people want to keep talking about the Blades and the Pats. But welcome to Hour 2. 902-518-3033 is the number to text the show. Um, at Rod Peterson Show on social media if you want to jump into the conversation. Um, the poll question is also up. We'll get to that in a second. Um, I'm just pulling up all of the uh, due diligence, right? I got to pull up the text line. I got to pull up the YouTube comments. want to say hello to everybody and thanks for uh, sticking with us. Uh, Daniel Caswell wants to uh, point out the Bedard stuff, so we're going to get to more of that. Robin Wildey's still here. Uh, our director of scouting, Craig Smith, is still here. John Ohm is still with us. So, again, appreciate you guys for coming back and, and Jared uh, Still with us here in hour two. How are things, man? Oh, things are great, man. Couldn't be better. Life is good. It's about uh, we're getting to, towards playoff time. WHL and the NHL coming up quick. One of the best times of year. Living in this, t- how many like how many games do you get to go watch? Do you are you a guy who goes out and, and watches games throughout I, the week, or are you a guy who sits on watches on TV? I'm more of a of a TV guy. I'm you know what? I'm more of a radio guy to be honest. Okay. Even the NHL games, you can on the NHL app, you can listen yeah. to. I like listening to all the different radio guys from from all over the league, and then uh, same thing with kind of the WHL, and then yeah, I catch you know watch watch games on TV. That's basically all I watch is hockey games on TV and catch up with stats. That's unreal. Um, This Blades-Pats series, I mean, we're going to get to that in a second. The reason we talk about that so much is there's such national interest on it, right, because of the Connor Bedard factor. And something that's happening in this series, again, because of Bedard, is the ticket sales, which typically don't happen in the first round of junior hockey playoffs, right? Yeah. Round two, round three. You know, when you move through the playoffs, ticket sales go up and up and up, but they're selling out in Regina. I think there's less than 200 tickets available, single game tickets. They're over 10,000 for games one and two up in Saskatoon on the weekend. So this is pretty wild. It, I mean, and everybody knows they got to get their tickets. Uh, he's he's going to be in the NHL next year. This is a, uh, to see a, a, see somebody like this uh, in the playoffs, you know, and doing what he's done at 17 years old. Like how many, how many times has this happened? How many times has this happened to be able to go out and watch this and then to be able to see a team like like the Blades, see players like uh, like Wong, you know, yeah. Lazowski, see see some of their it's two great teams going at it. And, they, you know, they're they're a little closer than than uh, I think what uh, either side might think. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be fireworks going off. It's going to be great. And it's going to be even better. Can you imagine for those all those young guys going in there and the building's going to be sold out all the time? That's going to be awesome. I, 
I'd love to be in that room just to feel the energy. So a couple things. Let's start with that. Is there a game you're, what's the one game you remember playing in that was the wildest in terms of atmosphere, sellouts, pressure? Do you, do you got one that jumps out? Oh, yeah, yeah. When we won the championship my first year in Oklahoma City, uh, we won in six games. Game so six. you don't always finish last. No, no, no. I'm an all-or-nothing <laughs> type of guy. I'm either, you either miss the playoffs and go enjoy your summer or you win it all. Okay. That's a, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that game six we had, uh, I think our building held something like 10,200 and uh, 250 people, something like that. And we had about 10,700 people in the building. You had people that couldn't go to the bathroom because they had people sitting. They were allowing people to sit in in the walkways. And so when you looked, you couldn't see anything but just people everywhere. And it was so loud. You couldn't even, you couldn't hear your teammates. But at that point of the year, it doesn't matter. You know, you know what everybody's saying and doing. And, And it was to win, to win at home in front of the home crowd and to hear that loud in a packed building, that was the best game. And there's something about sports. It doesn't matter how big the stadium is. No. A sold-out building is a sold-out building and has the same energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was only, like I said, 10-5. We had about 10-7 in there. And, uh, but it, does, yeah, it doesn't matter if there's, if there's uh, 18,000 seats or, or yeah. 3,500 seats. If you get a small building with 3,500 seats in it and it's sold out, that can be as loud and as, ra- as raucous as, as, the, as the big buildings. I remember when we were doing broadcasts, and actually IKS was a part of it alongside Access and, and Shaw for the WHL championship. And it was the year that Swift Current was going on their run to win the WHL title. Yeah. We weren't doing the, the earlier round. We were doing the final. But Peter Labardis and I showed up in Swift Current to watch one of the games. There was nowhere to sit. So you had to find a place to stand. And the arena doesn't fit 3,000 people. Well, I remember that well. His, uh, I was doing the games with Phil Andrews at That's the time. That's right. And uh, in the, so in the booth, in the broadcasting booth, as the crowd would cheer, the booth was shaking, and we were looking at each other going, wow, this is, this is awesome. So in Swift, you have to climb up a ladder. Yeah. And you get to a booth that over, sits over top, wooden, and looks out over top of the crowd. It's not a big structure. There's three booths, not connected. Yeah. And... So you were feeling it swaying. You could feel it sway, yeah. And every time there was a big play or a big hit or especially a goal, obviously, the building would just go nuts and you could feel that thing swaying. And we were just, we had ear-to-ear smiles the whole, during the but, whole broadcast. But it's a little eerie when the, when the broadcast booth starts swaying <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. It's in the back of your mind. And I remember we were calling the game in the booth next, right? And the next one over. Yeah. And... It was a television broadcast, and about halfway through the game, it's so loud in there, and all of a sudden, I hear, and I'm like, I grabbed on, like I reached for the rat. I thought the booth was going down. <laughs> all it, it was a tripod that had fallen oh. over in the back, but that's how tense it was yeah. because that thing's held together by, you don't know what, old duct tape. and. Well, I remember thinking, starting to go, okay, well, wait a minute. How old is this building? Start looking around. Is this thing reinforced with it <laughs> when it start, when you start to feel it sway? We would go in there yeah. the next morning for the pregame skate, and Jamie Heward, who was the assistant coach at the time, yeah. um, and now at the Vegas Golden Knights organization, you know, would walk in, and it would just smell like beer through the whole stadium. <laughs> and it'd be like... You know, smells like they had fun last night, you know, <laughs> yeah. and beer and stale popcorn. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. 
Um, Robin Wildey says a sold-out Art Hauser Center in PA is amazing. Yes, Robin. We actually have... If I, The bobblehead is in storage, but I've got an Aussie Wiseblood bobblehead from that playoff series, and instead of being on the little stand, he's actually on a milk crate because that's in PA... The only way to get more people in was to make more rows in the concourse. The only way to see is to stand on milk crates. So they had people standing around the concourse, and the second row people would be up on standing on a milk crate. And so the bobblehead, they put them on a milk crate. What a great idea. Unreal. Marketing genius. Hashtag uh, milk crates. Um, (laughs) Jen watching says, uh, walking under scaffolding in that arena. But they uh, serve Pilsner, and it's cheap. So Hey, cheap beer, cheap hot dogs. The people will come. Yes. <laughs> Craig Smith enjoy ho- enjoys hockey on the radio, says he listens to uh, Al Shaver calling Minnesota North Stars on KSTP and Dan Kelly calling Blues games on KMOX. Uh, he said, did Jared go to a Texas Longhorn football game? Uh, didn't get to go to a Longhorn football game. Obviously, we would we we watched. You'd go to you'd go to pubs, uh, and and they'd be absolutely packed. And you'd get to, you'd get to watch. It would be great atmosphere in there. Uh, when I was in Oklahoma, though, did go to see some Sooners games. That was when Adrian Peterson okay. was absolutely tearing up the the league as a as a, the first year first year player. That was that was pretty awesome because those. Those buildings are filled. I think it held about 86,000 people. And uh, I remember sitting way up high in the in the nosebleeds one game. That gets pretty scary. St- I didn't realize how steep those are. When you're leaving, you're, you're, almost, you're, thanking, you're thanking God that they don't allow beer in there because there would be a lot of people falling down those stairs. You know, that's one thing I have not experienced is the 100,000 people in one stadium, like the big stadiums. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to be spending a lot more time out east uh, coming in the next you know number of months, and one one of the places I want to go is the Big House in Michigan, and oh, yeah. watch the Wolverines in the oh, hundred and ten thousand yeah. seat stadium. But it's overwhelming to think of that many people. We think thirty some thousand at you know a CFL game sold out is pretty good. Yeah, well, and just the the highest I've been to, like I said, is Oklahoma. I think it's about eighty six or just over. And yeah, you spend half the time just looking at the sea of faces, and just it's it's just a different energy when there's that many excited people uh, around at a sporting event, and and just you're just kind of in awe because the way that they have to pack pack you in so tight, it's just uh, it it's it's just awe inspiring to be there. Absolutely is. Uh, we've got more I want to get to on Bedard, including your thoughts on his NHL future. We'll yeah. do that next segment. Um, but there are a number of games in the National Hockey League tonight. Columbus is in New York. The Rangers are home to the Blue Jackets, who are the odds-on favorite to land Connor Bedard. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers home to Montreal tonight. Boston continues uh, against Nashville, who are in a battle for their playoff lives, trying to claw their way in. Uh, Carolina home to Tampa Bay. Detroit it welcomes Pittsburgh, who are in a playoff battle of their own, trying to stave off uh, a chase from the Florida Panthers. Vancouver is in Seattle. Chicago home to Dallas. Another big one on the, you know, three big late games. Uh, Edmonton is in Vegas. Vegas winning that last one Saturday night in overtime. Uh, L.A. is in Calgary, and Winnipeg is in San Jose. So I want to go there. we got a four minutes left in this segment, and then we'll move into the next one. It's 11-11, by the way, if oh, you're into that. right on. I am. Um, oh. can't hear that, but the angels are singing. <laughs> Winnipeg, Calgary. 
who gets in and why? Oh, you know what? I would. Sorry. Winnipeg, Calgary, Nashville. Yeah. Who gets in and why? See, I. For some reason, I always I want to say Winnipeg. I mean, Calgary always Calgary always could, but I would always want to say Winnipeg. Uh, they've got the they've got the goaltending. Uh, they've got some great D. Uh, they've had some big games this year. I, w- I would think they would be a little bit uh, a little bit higher up in the standings right now. But they've got some great forwards. Obviously, some great scoring forwards. They seem to have everything that they need. And if they can uh, if they can pull it together and and you know put a little string together here, that would be my call. It'll be interesting to see who does get in. Right now, the Winnipeg Jets hold the second wildcard spot. They have 85 points. Uh, They're three points back at Seattle with 88. Um, But then it's Calgary and Nashville. Calgary's four points back with 81 points. And Nashville is five points back at 80 points. The thing about Nashville, they've got two games in hand. Yeah, that's the other thing. And uh, they've they've been playing some decent hockey. Uh, uh, Evangelista, he's been uh, since coming up. He's been playing well. He's been uh, doing some scoring, mm-hmm. so pretty much at the same level as he was in the AHL. So they got some good young guys there. Uh, just to, once again, it's you, you got to play the games. It's it's going to depend on do the old boys uh, pull their weight uh, with the young guys playing so well. If they do, you never know. Anything can happen. How do you feel if you're the Winnipeg Jets right now? And we have a lot of Winnipeg Jets fans that are watching this show that are getting really nervous that their team's only up four points. They were a first-place team in the Western Conference at one point. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's just kind of been uh, one of the one of those weird seasons. They've got great coaching. They got everything you need. Uh, maybe, uh, obviously, if I, if I was uh, just a pure Jets fan, I'd be a little bit on edge too. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I think they've got a great chance. This is usually the time when those big boys step up. The Shifleys, the Connors, uh, Hellebuck. Uh, shuts starts shutting the door you know at, a, at an even higher level type thing um it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch that's for sure i'm gonna be glued to my seat for the for the rest of the season but have you been in a situation like that um you look at the jet season everything was going great right i mean yeah. well, let's let's go back a little further let's go back to last year yeah. things weren't so great yeah. paul maurice leaves they don't make the playoffs there's locker room issues you know blake wheeler's Guys, as the captaincy removed, Rick Bonus comes in, takes over this team, seems to get the culture back on track, seems to have cleaned up the locker room, and all of a sudden, Jets are in first place. Things are rolling for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. But those things in the locker room now are creeping back in, right? Have you been in some locker rooms like that? I've been, yeah, and I mean, I don't want to say too much of, you know, stuff that I've heard, but... I've been in locker rooms like that where there's uh, it's almost a little bit of a almost a little bit of an old, of an old boys club where it's it's you know it kind of separates the room a little bit where the old boys yeah. are trying to make the make the young guys pay their dues to be a part of the crew a little bit too heavy you know what i'm saying well there i guess i did say it but <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know that can divide a room and all of a sudden you get the young guys going well you know what isn't this a team you know yeah. and you start thinking that even and you get a couple guys off to the side talking on their own the old boys are off talking on their own and then it just kind of puts a little bit of it divide in there uh i don't know if that is i mean you hear rumors i don't know if that's if that's true it could be a number of other things too but uh if if there's something like that going on that can that can make the team go through some ups and downs i've seen that happen it can are you wearing socks today 
Uh, I am, but uh, oh yeah, look at that. <laughs> the short socks. You like that short socks? Okay, yeah. they're 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 wondering if if we're both not wearing socks today, <laughs> and I thought that would be crazy. Hey, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna go more in depth on these playoff races. We're gonna continue in on the West, move to the East. I want your thoughts on Bedard and uh, Les Lazarick also on the way here in hour two. It's the Rod Peterson Show here on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, 99.1 FM in the Atlanta area, and we'll be back after this short timeout. Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Playnow.com is Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. Playnow.com. A site with hundreds of slot games, your favorite live table games, and the Playnow Sportsbook. Playnow Sportsbook. Head over to Playnow.com and enter promo code RPSHOW to redeem your special offer. That's promo code RPSHOW for your special offer. Playnow.com. Must be 19 plus. Use your game sense. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Yeah, Darren Dupont in for Rod Peterson. He is on the road off to a speaking gig. So welcome in to Hour 2 of the RP Show. Les Lazarus will be alongside the voice of the Saskatoon Blades next segment. So we'll chat a little junior hockey. We'll get into the Jets with him. But we're going deep on these NHL playoffs because it is right around the corner. Uh, season their playoffs are supposed to start on April 17th. So that is before long. We're in the final 10 games of the regular season. Jared Dumba is with me as well. I don't know if I asked you when I asked you about the locker room issues, the jets are facing last segment. How do you fix that? That's you don't like somebody across the room or there's tension or things aren't going well and you're blaming somebody else that, or you're shifley and you haven't been scoring, you know, and guys are starting to put pressure on you. How do you fix it? Well, you know, if, if the, if the issue is is a, a, a little bit of a divide between the old boys and the young boys, that's hard because it's it's always got to be the old boys that call in a team meeting and and getting everybody on the same same page and uh, you know talking things through and 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 just kind of clearing the air if there is, if there is anything you know so if the, if there is you know any hard feelings any either way it's kind of tough when it when if the old boys are involved now if not that's the way you clear it you just the Shifleys, you know, get together and, and they call a team meeting and and whether that's a group get together or a meeting in the room without the coaches and just everybody, you got any issues, get them out on the table. Let's all talk about everything. We're a team here and, and just kind of lead it that way. But you have to have think that they've done that already. You'd think, you'd think. And if they have, it didn't work. Yeah, and the, and the, only, and the only other answer barring that is is just trades moves moving guys moving you know one or two guys here or there from from either side if there is any of that stuff going on okay 
poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Uh, we're looking at the t- uh, Kachuk boys, and the poll question is this. Which Kachuk would you rather have on your team, um, Brady or Matthew? 55% on Twitter with Brady. Where are they on YouTube, Clark? 50-50. Brady or Matthew? Me? Uh, right now, Matthew. Uh, hey. In two to three years, Brady. Two to three years, Brady. I'm curious. I'm really curious to see what Brady does when the Sens are good, when yeah. they're good. Next year, I believe there will be a playoff team. I believe they're going to be good. You know, I wonder. He's wearing the C. I wonder how much Claude Giroux is the leader on that team and not Brady. Well, he's definitely helping. He definitely comes in. But you know what? Brady leads by example every single night. Whether if the team needs a fight, he's out fighting. He's out hitting guys all the time. Uh, he's in front of the net. He's scoring big goals. Uh, and you can see when you, when you watch the games, if, there's, if the team's in a bit of a lull, there's one guy who's always going and brings, drags everybody else into the fight. And, you know, Matthew's much the same way. But when you watch Brady, that's why I say in a couple few years I'm going to say Brady. Uh, would be my pick is because Brady seems to know the times when the team needs it. Uh, there's it just takes a special player to have that awareness when you're on the ice and you go, Oh, wait a minute. I can, I can tell right now things are not going well and I'm going to step it up and I'm yeah. going to drag everybody into the fight. Matthew does it naturally just who he is. Uh, but Brady's the type of guy who, who does it at specific times when, when it's needed and when it's not needed, he can just play his, play his role. He still plays hard, but he really steps it up when the team needs it. That's interesting. It'll be, yeah, I'm curious to follow, but both, both really, really good players. You can yeah. vote now um, on our Twitter page. You can vote at rodpeterson.com for uh, the daily poll for Capital Automall and Universal Collision Center. Okay, back to this playoff race in the Western Conference because that's the most intriguing right now. We're inside the final 10 games, and it's really coming down to Winnipeg, Calgary, and Nashville for one spot. Winnipeg and Calgary both have eight games remaining. Nashville has 10 They've got a, a couple of games in hand, and right now it's Winnipeg with 85, Calgary's four back at 81 points, and Nashville with two games in hand, uh, five points back at 80 points. Um, one thing I will say is that Winnipeg and Calgary are both positive in a goals, four goals against differential. Winnipeg's plus 12, Calgary's plus four in the season. Nashville is a minus 12. But I want to look at the schedules. We'll start with the Winnipeg Jets. Then we'll go to Calgary. Then we'll go to Nashville. This is the Jets schedule with eight games remaining. They've got the Sharks and the Red Wings this week here to wrap up the month of March. Two teams that will not make the playoffs in the National Hockey League. And in April, they've got the Devils, a playoff team, a very good one. The Flames... Big playoff battle. The Preds, big playoff battle. And then the Sharks again, followed by the Wild and the Avs. Looking at the Jets schedule, what do you like? What don't you like? Well, I mean, uh, you got to like those uh, those head-to-head games where you can pick up the four-point games. 
but you're looking at uh, you're looking at some pretty other some other teams that are pretty good. You look at what Minnesota's doing right now. Young Matt Boldy, he's got two hat tricks. What in the last week or two? Yeah, uh, he's really coming around. They seem to they seem to be rolling a little bit. Uh, there's some tough tough games coming up there, uh, but they got uh, they got an opportunity. You know what? The good thing is when you got to play that many good teams and you got those big four point games. If you end up winning the majority of those and getting into the playoffs, you're on a heater. You're 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 rolling, and you got a lot more confidence going in because you've just beaten some some pretty big teams. So it's I honestly, I'd I'd rather get in if I was a player on a team on one of these teams. I'd rather get into the playoffs on a high, beating the good teams like that, and beating beating your rivals head to head, rather than just having an easy schedule and and only playing you know San Jose and Chicago you know six eight times. If I look at those games, you know whether it's San Jose twice and Detroit once, you win those three. Yeah. You're going to lose, let's say you lose to the Devils, the Wild, and the Avs, who are all ahead of you in the standings. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. That puts you at 91 points. Yeah. That gets you to 91. So the Jets, remember that. I should write that down. 91 points. Yeah. That's with the game against the Flames and the game against the Predators still up in the air, becoming really meaningful. Let's look at the Flames schedule next. The Flames also have eight games remaining. They start against L.A. and Vancouver uh, to wrap up the month of March here this week. And then as we move into the month of April, they get the Ducks, the Blackhawks, there's the Jets, the Canucks again, the Preds, and the Sharks. If I look at their schedule and you start looking at this team being at 81 points, the Kings are ahead of them. Okay, maybe the L.A. wins that one. But you start looking at winnable games. Vancouver, right? There's a lot of them. Below them. The Ducks, below them. Yeah. Blackhawks, below them. Yeah. Canucks again, below them. And the Sharks, below them. That's 10 points, right? That yeah. puts them to, what's the magic number? 91 90. points, which is the same number we said the Jets would get to. Yep. With two big games up for grabs, the Jets and the Flames on April 5th, and then the Flames and the Preds on the 10th. So their magic number is to 91 with those two games. Again, taking care of business. They have to win, what is that, one, two, three, four. That's five of those other six games. And the other thing when you're going into games like that, sometimes you can get a little bit ahead of yourself going, okay, well, this is an easy one. And then you're getting into a team at the end of the year that's just excited to get the year over, who's playing with nothing to lose. And all of a sudden you come out of it with a loss and you go, oh, wait a minute. Now we've really got to, now those other games get that much bigger. And right. you're, now you're hoping for a loss and you're, and you're nervous, you're on edge, you're watching the scoreboards. And it's. Uh, but this is what they're doing in those markets. Yeah. They're looking at the schedule and saying, okay, yeah. what is our path to the playoffs? Yeah. Winning the games we need to win. Yeah. And for the Flames, it's a very favorable schedule into the end of March and into April, yeah. but they have to win five of those six games. Tonight against the Kings is the only game that's on the flame schedule that would say, okay, if you lose this one, they're ahead of you in the standings, whatever. But then you got to win your next five. Yeah. Excluding the two games against Nashville and, and uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, if they can get a win tonight against, uh, against the Kings at home, I mean, uh, that's, that's huge for the confidence and roll, yeah. rolling into those next games where you've just beat a, a team that's in what second place right now. Um, and then you're, then you're rolling into the, 
to the games that are supposed to be a little bit easier. So they've got a very good, very possible road. Going into the head-to-heads, yeah. Winnipeg, Calgary can get to 91 points with those head-to-heads. Deciding everything. Okay, Nashville Predators. They're five points back of the Winnipeg Jets. They've got 10 games remaining. Okay. They've got the Bruins and the Pens to wrap up the month here in uh, March. And then in April, they've got St. Louis, Dallas, Vegas, Carolina, Winnipeg, Calgary, Minnesota, Colorado. If you look at the Nashville Predators' schedule, I would argue there are no winnable games. Now, this is the National Hockey League. When you talk about teams below them in the standings, they don't have them. If you want to bring one into that equation, well, sorry, St. Louis. Louis. Sorry, St. Louis and maybe Pittsburgh. Maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins. If you look at the... uh, the standings right now, where are the Pittsburgh Penguins? Pittsburgh uh, holding on to another playoff spot, obviously, the wild card spot at 82 points. They're one point ahead of Nashville. But when that's your second most winnable game, and it's against Malkin, Crosby, Latang, <laughs> Carter, who hasn't had a big season, but he's started to put up some goals lately. Great goaltending. It's... Uh, it gets a little scary for uh, Nashville fans. When you start looking at the games you have to win, they're going to need to beat a Vegas, a Carolina, or a Dallas yeah. somewhere here and there. And, I mean, you're going to need to sweep the Calgary-Winnipeg uh, games on the 8th and the 10th of April. Well, and here's the other thing. Now, let's look at those games at the, the last two or three games. Because if the, the teams that are playing top teams in their last two or three games, do those teams all of a sudden start, you know, resting some of their big guys? And does that start to come into play at all? I know. That's, that's another thing to think about that, you know, teams start worrying about when you're watching somebody else has got to play, uh, you know, if they're playing uh, Vegas and all of a sudden they're sitting Eichel and, and, and the big guns and they're going, oh, come on, you know, that's, right? it's, uh, that, that comes into play too. So now that we've gone through it and you kind of get a look at the schedules, how do you like Winnipeg, Calgary, Nashville finishing? I still, I just have a feeling Winnipeg's going to pull something together here the, with the coaching. And when you've got, you know, when you got a long season, when things are kind of going up and down, it's a long season, you're looking ahead. Uh, but when you get into those last 10 games or so, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And when you got that many good players and the goaltending that they have, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot easier to kind of uh, bring your, your A game every single night. I'm still, I'm still liking them. Uh, if you're going to look at, at schedules, I mean, you kind of got to like Calgary a little bit, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, something's telling me Winnipeg, but we'll see. Calgary absolutely has a easier schedule, more winnable games, but they've got ground to make up too. Yeah. And they've got to win five games yep. to get to that 91 points. Yep. Winnipeg's only got to win three. Yeah. Winnipeg's got to go three and three. Yeah. So they've got opportunities to pull something out as well. And and, and goaltending can win you can win you three on its own out of out of eight games if it gets really hot. Absolutely. You know, that's the other thing. Yeah. That is absolutely a possibility. Right now, I would like I like Winnipeg. They've got an easier path to the playoffs. Uh, then Calgary. I think Nashville has a really tough go. Even though you look at the two games in hand yeah. and think. 
man, if they win those two games, now all of a sudden, you know, they're only a point back and it looks pretty good. Um, I don't like their – they've got a really, really tough schedule. I know they've got some a couple of higher-end scores, but they're just kind of missing that extra, I don't know, a little bit of depth scoring, whatever it is. Uh, they're just not built like uh, like Winnipeg or, or even Calgary, even though Calgary's kind of, you know, underperformed uh, compared to what they are on paper. Yeah, I, I think it, it's definitely, for me, it's between Winnipeg and Calgary. Uh, but uh, it's going to be interesting. That's why they play the games. It's going to be really interesting. <laughs> the other battle, and we'll look at it quickly, and Clark, I don't think you need to bring this up unless you have it right away, is the Pittsburgh and Florida battle for the final playoff spot in the East. I think that's it. You could bring in Buffalo and Ottawa into that equation. Buffalo does have a game in hand on, on the, uh, the Florida Panthers, um, but so does Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh in the final wildcard spot, 82 points. Um, Florida is three points back, 79 points right now. Um, Pittsburgh does have a game in hand. Pittsburgh's got nine games left. Florida's got eight games left. Here's what Pittsburgh has on the schedule. They've got the Detroit Red Wings and the Nashville Predators this week. Winnable games for them. Then they've got in April Boston, Philadelphia, New Jersey, Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago, and Columbus. So they end with a pretty soft schedule, having Detroit, Columbus, and Chicago as your final three games of the season. Uh, Florida, to wrap up this week, tomorrow night, they've got the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto, and then they're in Montreal before the April schedule that has them playing Columbus, Buffalo, Ottawa, Washington, and then wrapping up their season with Toronto and Carolina. There's an opportunity here for yeah. the Florida Panthers to make up some ground and then it could come down to the final days of the regular season. Well, and I really thought they were going to be better this year than what the, than what they've been. Uh, you know, if I'm picking between those two right now, uh, there's just something with Florida being a little bit up and down and, and watching Pittsburgh. I know they've been up and down as well, but if you watch Sid, his last number of games, he's putting the team on his back and he's all over. He looks like he's 25 years old again. <laughs> he just, he's been awesome to watch. And uh, I, I think Sid puts, puts the team on his back. Gino keeps stepping up like he has all year. I think, I think they get in, but once again, anything can happen. 2011 and five at home. And when you get into April, they've got five home games, just three on the road. So favors the Pittsburgh Penguins that way for sure. Okay. We're going to take a break. Is Les logged in Clark? Ah, they're working on the audio. So we'll have them coming out of the commercial break. We're going to go to Saskatoon and tee up the uh, Western hockey league playoffs. And we'll talk Connor Bedard with Les Lazarick a voice of the Saskatoon Blades after this. You coming back for overtime? You sticking around? You want to? Yeah, why not? Okay, we're going to bring Jared back for overtime as well. All right, you're watching the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, Listening on 99.1, wherever you get your podcasts as well. You're watching on YouTube Live and uh, around the world, or across Canada for sure, on Game Plus Television, um, back after this timeout. Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you-
Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. All right, Darren DuPont in for Rod Peterson, who's away now for the remainder of the show. He is off to bigger and better things. He's off to a speaking engagement. So uh, that's where Rod is. Darren DuPont here with you. And Les Lazarick, the voice of the Saskatoon Blades, with us on the video chat. How are you, Les? There you are. I'm great. Good to see you finally. For a long time, no see, Darren. It's been far, far, far too long. What's been good in your life? Uh, just about everything except the weather, which would be nicer <laughs> if it got a little warmer and felt more like spring. They, they tell me it's spring based on the calendar, but uh, I would say it's not spring right now. Not when it got down with wind chills about minus 30 uh, overnight here in Saskatoon. Uh, brutal. It is so brutal. bad. I like I turned the heater on this morning. I, I was cold. <laughs> That's not fun, but it should hopefully feel like spring pretty soon, uh, especially when the playoffs get started on Friday, I would think. Well, you'd have to hope so, but uh, and that'll heat things up for sure, especially in the rinks uh, throughout the Western Hockey League. Eight uh, conference quarterfinals will get started on Friday night, uh, and you know, four in the Eastern Conference, four in the Western Conference, including the one I'm sure you brought me on to talk about, and that would be the Saskatoon Blades and the Regina Pats featuring Connor Bedard. Yeah, uh, it's just wild. Uh, is this for you a dream matchup? Is this the one that you wanted? I don't know if I necessarily wanted it. I think the Blades definitely wanted it, uh, and not because they think they can beat the Pats. Uh, you know, start th- throwing out locker uh, or a bulletin board material. <laughs> they like it because of the fact that they're going to get big crowds again. I mean, uh, the lower bowl is pretty much sold out for the first two games. Uh, they expect to have close to a sellout again after having had their final two regular season home games be sellouts on the 19th and 24th of this month. Uh, with 14,768 at Sastel Center uh, for both of those games. So something similar to that come Friday night for game one and for Sunday game two is what the Blades are counting on. And so that would be the dream matchup as far as a, uh, uh, as far as the matchup goes for marketing purposes. Let's put it that way. But those two games in Saskatoon, the big sellouts with the Pats coming to town twice just recently, what were those like? I mean, obviously a cello creates a new atmosphere, but it's just a regular season game and they're coming to watch Bedard. But then you're looking at a potential, you know, playoff preview. Where do those games rank in terms of all time experiences for you calling games? Because you've been in a lot of good moments. Yeah. I mean, they're not the largest crowds that I've called a game in front of. Uh, you have to go all the way back to the first ever hockey game played at the Rose Garden in Portland back in uh, the fall of 1995 for that. Uh, there were 17,500 that night, and uh, uh, we saw the Winterhawks play the Blades that night. Uh, that There's stories behind that game that are just crazy. <laughs> I, I, I could probably take up most of our time chatting about that particular evening and some of the things that went on that night. Uh, but this, from a Saskatoon perspective, as far as being at home in Saskatoon, would rank right up there. I mean, close to some of the Memorial Cup games that we had in 2013. Uh, probably the best one of those would have been when the Blades beat the eventual champion, Halifax Mooseheads, with Nathan McKinnon and company, the, the eventual champions. Uh, that was a big night, and there have been some other big nights in the, in the building as well. But as far as those crowds go, well, these are the biggest crowds that have ever happened 
in Saskatoon at SaskTel Center or Credit Union Center or Saskatchewan Place or whatever the heck you <laughs> want to call it. Uh, but it's 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 the same building. It's just it's gone through some different names, and uh, uh, right now it's uh, it's SaskTel Center, and it's the biggest crowd that's ever been to see a Saskatoon Blades hockey game. There have been lots of folks here in the building for. Uh, lacrosse games of the Saskatchewan Rush and for concerts of various kinds, trade shows, whatever the case may be. Uh, Remembrance Day celebrations, they've had massive crowds for those days. But yeah. this is the biggest that we've seen the, those, these last two home games in the regular season and a different atmosphere as a result. But I think it even gets amped up a little bit more when you bring in the playoffs starting on Friday. You mentioned the 2013 Memorial Cup. There's been some really, really good Blades teams. And this team obviously isn't a first place team in the conference or in the, in the Western Hockey League, but there's a lot of excitement around the group. And then there's a, even more excitement about, you know, creating this rivalry with Regina and their superstar. So, you know, I talked about where, you know, those games you called uh, the two near sellouts or the sellouts ranked for you, but going into this playoffs, where is this going to, you know, kind of sitting for you in terms of the excitement going into calling this game and possibly we're predicting being close to sellouts or well over 10,000 fans in attendance. Um, you know, you've called games of Braden Shen and other big names mm-hmm. that the blades have had in the Memorial cups, but where does this one rank in terms of your anticipation this week? Well, it's going to be big because this is, with the record that this team put together this year, and again, remember, they only played 68 games, but they got to 100 points, 101 points in only 68 games, which is the best record the franchise has ever had in a, well, that's not true. It's the second best in a 68-game season. There was the 1972-73 team that still only played 68 games but had a few more points in the season. And, of course, then there's the 2010-11. By points percentage, which was 743 this year, this is the third best Blades regular season in franchise history, and that includes the first two years, which a lot of people tend to forget. They were an SJHL team in 1964 through 66 and then joined up in the uh, what was called uh, the Canadian Junior Hockey League back in 1966 uh, when the WHL was first formed. So uh, 59 seasons, third best record of all time, really saying something. And as a result, there's a lot of anticipation that this group can do something moving forward this year. And the first stop in, in front of them, the first encounter that faces them is Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats. And it should make for a very interesting series because of the elite level of player that Pats, not just in Bedard have, but three other guys. They've got you know four elite players that are going to give the Blades all they can handle during the course of this opening round series. Yeah, they do. They have those guys. And if they get good goaltending, um, this could be a good series. So I guess that's the short question is, what's the prediction for the opening round series? Well, my prediction is, is thanks to having Bedard and those three other guys, you can't rule them out for not being able to give the Blades a good series. Um, If I was to look at it just based off of sheer numbers and and stats and all the rest of that, I'd probably say Saskatoon in five. But I'll also throw in the fact that I think that Bedard is worth a couple of wins because he can get free. Let's remember that Blades and Pats played five times this year. And in two of those five games, Saskatoon was actually able to keep Connor Bedard off the score sheet. That only happened five times all season long. The Saskatoon Blades did it twice to him all in the last three weeks. So 
this is an interesting matchup in that respect. Can Bedard overcome the team checking the team defense that the Blades are going to throw up against him and the Regina Pats? I think he can do it for maybe a couple of games, but can he do it for an entire series and get four victories and squeeze that out for the Pats to advance? I don't think so. Very interesting. I'm I'm looking so forward to it, and uh, I know you're going to enjoy that. Hey, I got to ask you about your Winnipeg Jets, and I know you've Mm. been following them closely. Um, We went through the schedules. I actually think the Jets have a quite, you know, quite favorable schedule down the stretch here to clinch the final playoff spot in the West. But where are you at with the Jets, and what can this team turn it around and make a run in the playoffs? Or are you are you worried like other Jets fans who are watching this show? Well, I guess I'm worried like other Jets fans who watch the show, Darren. But I'm, you know, as long as you have Connor Hellebuck, and if we can get, and here I go with the Royal We as Jets as a Jets fan. But if we can get the Connor Hellebuck in goal that we saw at the beginning of the season, going into the postseason, and that includes starting now. Essentially, it's playoff time for the Jets. They have to play playoff hockey now to ensure that they have a spot in the Western Conference playoffs in the uh, National Hockey League. And if they can get Connor Hellebuck to play in goal like he can, if they can get Mark Scheifele and Kyle Connor and uh, Blake Wheeler, and it's all the same cast of characters, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, they can continue to play. They need Josh Morrissey to continue to go as Josh Norrissey, the, the Norris Trophy candidate on defense. If the Jets can get all that happening again, they can be a factor come playoff time. But if any of those things fall apart, and especially if it's not Hellebuck that we know, the, the good Hellebuck, I mean, he's alternated over the years. Good Hellebuck, not so good Hellebuck. Good Hellebuck, not so good Hellebuck. We're seeing that in this season alone. Started off great, not so great in the second half. But if he can come back to being great, Jets have themselves a good opportunity to league, but across Canada will be on the uh, Saskatoon Blades, the Regina Pats. That first round playoff series starts on Friday. Overtime is next. Jared Dumba's back. You're watching the Rod Peterson Show here on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live. You're listening on 99.1 and wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. PlayNow.com is Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. PlayNow.com. A site with hundreds of slot games, your favorite live table games, and the PlayNow Sportsbook. PlayNow Sportsbook. Head over to PlayNow.com and enter promo code RPSHOW to redeem your special offer. That's promo code RPSHOW for your special offer. PlayNow.com. Must be 19 plus. Use your game sense. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. 
Darren DuPont in for a ride. Peterson, one final segment here in overtime. You can get your questions in, get your texts in. 902-518-3033 is the text line. Jared Dumba is here for one final segment. we got a little less than five minutes on the program, Jared. Breaking news. Um, Dan Snyder's asking price has been met. Ownership group, including Magic Johnson, reportedly submits, hold on to your seats, a $6 billion bid for the Washington Commanders. Woo! That is not pocket change. $6 billion. That's it. Yeah. How about that? Um, How about that? Out. <laughs> well, yeah. Our bid <laughs> fell short, Jared. Sydney uh, Price writes in on the 902 text line, you know, I am pulling for my Pittsburgh Penguins. And, yes, the Pittsburgh Penguins in a playoff spot right now and looking pretty darn good. Hey, I wanted – but I can't let you out of here without – you know, one more thought on Bedard because this question came up on the YouTube chat a few times, and what came up was his future. Obviously, people yeah. want to talk about he can't keep this up. When he was drafted at 14 and got the exceptional status, said, okay, but he's not going to be that player in junior right away. It's going to catch up to him. It hasn't. You know, he's going to go against men in the National Hockey League. Will that catch up to him? Here's what I say. The things that the, the negative parts I hear when I'm just talking to people around town are he's, he's not big enough, not strong enough, and he's not fast enough. There's another player that I remember everybody saying that about right until he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, Wayne Gretzky. He, he was never fast enough, never strong enough, never tough enough. You know, he's such a great player. Every time he moves up a level or plays, you know, at a World Juniors, he just gets better because when he plays around, the better the players are that are with him, the, the more you can see how, how, smart, how smart he is and his hockey IQ. I think when he goes to the NHL, I think he's going to get even better. Now, is he going to win the scoring race in his first year like he was leading the scoring race in the WHL at 15 years old before he went to the U18s? I doubt that's going to happen with McDavid and, and lots of guys in the league, but I would not be surprised if he puts up 90, 95 points in his first year. And that's saying that's a lot. And a lot of people will say, well, no way, not a chance, but let's watch the games and let's see what he does. He, when you think the game that far ahead and you need a split second of time, uh, you got that shot and you can put it in from the angles you can. And when you can set up guys the way he does yeah. and he's kind of quiet he's not that powerful guy everybody's watching at all points of the game he's the guy that all of a sudden whoa where'd he come from I know. and now he's in on a two-on-one or a breakaway and he's putting it home he's going to be as as good I think he's going to elevate his game we're inside the final minutes you got to be quick on this one because I wanted to talk to you about the draft you wanted to get this in yeah. Connor Bedard number one um, easy they're talking about Adam Fantilli and Leo Carlson two and three that's Craig Button's ranking he's got Matt Vemichkov in fourth you think that's too low? I would take Mitchkov second. I think anybody, there's a good possibility they, that they pass on him. I think whoever passes on him is going to be kicking themselves in three, four, five years down the road. Mitchkov, 20 points in 30, uh, 30K HL games. Uh, Ovechkin had 23 in 53 or 56 at the same age. Uh, this Mitchkov kid is unbelievable. Can't wait for it. Jared thinks Matt Vemich Cup number two. Thanks for coming, pal. Thanks to Les Lazarus, Rod Peterson. We'll see you tomorrow here on Game Plus. Who has more fun than us? <laughs>